and they brought me this mosa stick as a gift. And I said, what a better way to express what I'm going to be teaching on tonight is walking in the kingdom of God. And Moses had his stick. And I said, all right, I'm going to take my stick and I'm going to use that when I go up the stairs. And I've got my Moses stick, which is the authority God gave me to go and do whatever he's called me to do. And that's what I'm here for tonight is to bless y'all, hopefully. Last month when I, not last month, I think it's two months ago when I came the last time and spoke. Um, It was right at the beginning of the pandemic and there was nobody here but an empty church. And so that's hard to preach a message when you're on fire for God and you want it to go out. But I found a way to get it out. I recorded it on my Facebook page and put it out there. And so it didn't matter how many people were here, the message got out. And I'm a firm believer in getting God's Word out all you can because the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit will bring forth good reports every time His Word goes out. So Holy Spirit, I invite you in right now to take control, Father God, of everything that I speak, that, Father, it will be according to Your perfect will, and that, Father, You give them ears to hear and eyes to see what You're saying to us tonight. Father, I ask that you impart whatever wisdom and knowledge and understanding that they need to grow to another level. Because, Father, we've not all arrived, but, Father, we're on that journey together. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, empower me with that ability to speak your word and to go forth tonight in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I, <clears throat> I get so many scriptures. I could write the Bible and try to preach it, but it's already written. (laughs) I did want to start off kind of with this. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good, but he came to make dead people alive. And when I got that message, that word about that, I thought walking in the kingdom will take you out of a dead place where you've been if you'll always focus on walking in the kingdom instead of in the natural. Because we're walking in a natural realm, but if you can see yourself because you are a child of God, that gives you the ability to walk in that kingdom realm. But you have to believe what you, what you read and what you say. You have to believe it. And so I saw this, in, or I heard this somewhere, and it says Jesus didn't come... Well, Jesus came to convict the world of sin, and we know that. But the Holy Spirit came to convict the world of unbelief. Our unbelief and our doubts are keeping people from walking in that kingdom realm. So I'm hoping that you'll allow the Holy Spirit to convict you and I every time we try to fall into unbelief or we try to fall into doubt, that we listen to the Spirit within us that tries to tell us, uh-uh, don't, don't accept that. Don't say that. Don't agree with that. And the more I walk with, with that understanding, the more I can walk in the Spirit of God in the kingdom realm, not always seeing what I see in this realm, 
but seeing in the spirit realm that if God's word has given us the authority, then we've got the authority. If God's word has written and says, be it unto you according to your faith, be it unto you according to your faith. I want my faith to agree with everything he says in his word. I don't want to fall short of it. Because if you fall short of it, you're missing out on walking in the kingdom because you're not really maybe believing that you can acquire that. And you can. You can acquire it while you're here. You can acquire it. Never be afraid. This is Corey Ten Boone. She wrote this. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. If you will trust him in a realm of you don't have to see it to believe it. But we walk by faith and not by sight. And that comes out of 2 Corinthians 5-7. And we do. We walk by faith. If we had to see everything first, it wouldn't wouldn't be any faith. (laughs) If you're already seeing it. We have to walk in that realm of knowing that God is with us. And he's going to see us through this. I've got a lot of scripture here tonight, so we'll just see how how many scriptures we go through. But I wanted to start off with this. Uh, Jesus was asking his disciples to pray like this. And we all know this prayer. And when I was thinking about it, this is the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, 5. And when he was telling his disciples to pray like this, I remember um, as a little Catholic girl, and I praise God for my Catholic upbringing. I, I rattled this prayer off so fast all the time that I never really knew what it said. Because I was just, I memorized it and I was praying it. And I'd say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And I was saying it so fast because I wanted to hurry and get to the next prayer. And then I wanted to pray that prayer and hurry and get to the next prayer. So I never really thought about it. But then when the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you and you start realizing, you're saying, Our Father, you're acknowledging God as your Father. And you have intimacy with Him. You reverence Him. You worship Him. And I remember when I gave God the Father, my Father's position when my Father died. Because immediately when my, God, when my earthly father passed away, I went and got the Bible and I hugged it. And I said, God, you're my daddy now. He became a father that I never felt the loss of my dad. Because his position to father, Father God is now my father. And it just meant so much more to me. Because I have an intimate relationship, a personal intimacy with him. Therefore, even though he art in heaven, I hallowed be his name. Because his kingdom has been established here on earth, if we call it forth. Because he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Are we asking God in our lives that his will will be done in the situation that you're in? A lot of times people want me to pray according to what they want. And I don't pray according to what you want. I listen to what your request is. And then I pray according to God's will. If I don't know God's will of how to pray for you, I'm going to pray in tongues. Because tongues will be the perfect prayer. 
And I won't be against what God has planned for you. And I find this uh, most especially when I'm praying for grandmas. Grandmas have a tendency to want their grandsons and granddaughters to meet a certain kind of person, to do this, to do that. And so anyway, I say I can't pray your will, but I can pray God's will. And God's will is whoever they are to marry, God will put them in their path. And we'll pray that. And we'll pray that if that person in their life right now needs to be removed from their life, God, you break up the relationship before it goes any further. You are the one that's to do this, not us. Because we walk in love. And we walk by faith, knowing that if we pray according to God's will, he's going to do it. And I see the victory come into people because they have allowed the Holy Spirit to have his way, have his way in their life. It says, um, <clears throat> Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is so that you'll have the joy and the peace that you need right here on earth. If you're not praying your will, uh, his will, but your will, you're going to have a lot of turmoil a lot of times because you're going to get frustrated because things didn't work out the way you wanted them. We have to turn our lives over to, to God and let him take control of us. He says, give us this day our daily bread. If we're not taking the Bible as a daily bread and we're only feeding our bodies and we're not feeding our soul, we're drying up because our soul needs the Word of God. It needs a a daily infilling of the Holy Spirit through His Word. I'll never forget a girl worked for me and... um, she suffered greatly with lots of addictions. And she saw me reading my Bible, and she made the comment, and that's where I picked it up. You know, Marilyn, she said, people don't realize that if they're not reading the Word, they're not feeding their spirit. They're only feeding their body with food, but they're not feeding their, their soul. And I said, that is so true. And it really made an impact on me that if we don't read daily, your spirit man is starting to dry up already because you need a filling every day because of the challenges of this world. He goes on to say, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And if we're not forgiving each day, uh, we're going to start running into problems because things are going to start eating on us and causing us to have issues in our life if we don't daily go before the Lord and ask him to help us forgive. I got this the other day when I was going through um, forgiveness. And uh, the Holy Spirit came on me to write this. So I'm, I'm going to share it right now. It says, man cannot forgive seven times a day. So in order to put it in obedience, to put you in obe- obedience, I gave you the command to forgive 70 times 7 in a day. That's over time, your heart, which is where you hear me, will be so sensitive to my commands that you will be willing to forgive and love and become the child I have called you to be. Your dependence is totally in me. That your body, soul, and spirit will be renewed and healed without afflictions and hurts and disappointments. That's my plan for your life. These are the areas that have caused disease in my children, wounds of the heart and soul. 
these are the emotions that you carry that hinder my path in your life. So if we need him to forgive 70 times 7 in a day, we need him. Seven times a day we probably can do once in a while, but he wants it 70 times 7 because he knows we can't do it without him. And he wants us to uproot any unforgiveness that we have in our heart and not carry it forward. He wants us totally relieved from that. that uh, I call it a spiritual root. It's a spiritual root that will fester and grow. And as that root grows, sickness and disease can come in. So if you want to be sickness-free and disease-free, there's no such word as sickness-free, is there? <laughs> oh, I love that. And do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. Uh, we have to be careful that we always trust God when we don't know what to do. And forgiveness is one area that uh, we have to know that there's an enemy out there trying to lead us into temptation. But the Bible says to remember this. With every temptation, God gives you a way of escape. He says, resist the devil and he will flee. But you've got to submit to God first. And he will deliver us from the evil that's coming at us if we will forgive. And we will let, let go of these things and not be tempted. Uh, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. God's power and his glory is what you want to walk in on this earth. We can do a lot of things that um, no one else can do. Because of the power of God that worketh within us will bring us to that place in God where you can just go and do something for God and, and you don't even realize what you're doing, but it's the power of God that's working in you. And he woke me up about a week ago and he reminded me of something that I did back in the year 2000. And I had totally forgotten about this. And I've, I've never shared it because I, I forgot about it. And I was at work and I got a phone call from somebody at the church and they said, Marilyn, there's, um, there's a man who has fallen off of a, a building. I don't remember if it was five stories, seven stories, or nine stories. He fell off a building, and he's all broken. And they've taken him to Ben Tom Hospital. Would you go pray for him? I said, sure. So they gave me his name. And when I got off work, I drove down to Ben Tom and I just walked straight into the ICU unit, straight in, went to his bedside. Nobody stopped me, asked me anything. God was with me. He was so broken and bruised and swollen. And I went over to his bedside. And I said, Jesus sent me here to pray for you. Would you let me pray for you? And, of course, he couldn't talk. I said, just blink your eyes. He went. I said, okay. I said, do you know Jesus? Blink your eyes for me. I said, okay. Have you ever asked him to come into your life and to save you? And then nothing happened. I said, do you want to receive him today? He said, yes. So I led him in the sinner's prayer. I left out of there not knowing if he was going to live or die. They were doing nothing for him. His bones were all broken. 
and he was just laying there. I went home, and I thought about him, and I guess it was maybe a year later, I got a phone call from somebody, uh, and they said, do you remember praying for this man named such and such at Ben Taub Hospital one day? And I said, yes, I do. And they said, he wanted us to call you and tell you thank you because he is at home, and he's in a wheelchair now, but he wanted to thank you for coming down there that day. Now, that man's life was teeter-tottering that day on the brink of death, and God resurrected him. And I said, oh, Lord, I forgot all about that story. You know, we never know what difference will make in someone's life. But when you get a call to go pray for somebody, go pray for them. Don't let anything stop you but go and do. That's walking in the kingdom. I got to see the kingdom of God in operation that day. I got to see it firsthand. Another time when I was um, off my job, and, uh, somebody had called me and said, Marilyn, would you go down to the hospital with me? They're going to take this lady off of life support within the hour. And her, their nephew is asking for prayer. I said, sure. So I went down there. And we went in and prayed for this lady. And she was <clears throat> unconscious, but she was hooked up to every kind of machine you could think of. And so anyway, in praying for her, her body just started turning. It was black in places on her toes and her hands. And all of a sudden, the color started coming back into her extremities. And everything in her body started changing. And it's like, wow. I was looking at this, and I was just blown away by what I was seeing. And so get home that night, and the lady calls me that took me down there to pray for this uh, lady. And she said, within an hour of leaving the hospital, all of her organs started functioning again. And the kidneys that hadn't functioned in two years that they said would never function again started even working. And they got her off of life support. The power of God worketh through people who walk in the kingdom of God. You just go and do and let God be God. All we have to do is obey and just go and let God do the miracles in people. People need to see the miracles today. And I'm so thankful that we have a church here that, that uh, promotes prayer and promotes praying for the sick. Because that is exactly where our answers come from is through prayer. And it's not us that's praying, but it's the Holy Spirit within us that's doing the work. Walking in the kingdom, you can't really walk there if you're not a Christian. Some people want to walk in our kingdom, and they're, they're of the kingdom of the devil. <laughs> and they're not going to have any power in our kingdom because the Holy Spirit isn't going to give them the power. But I want to tell you this. We must try to reach them. Because there's coming a day soon and very soon, says the Lord, when they won't have another chance. And so we must reach out to those that are walking in the wrong kingdom. They've got to start with prayer. They've got to repent. And they've got to totally surrender to the Lord in order to start walking in the kingdom. And, it, and they have to make a choice right then. They've got to choose you this day whom you shall serve. In Matthew six twenty four, he says, Are you... You cannot serve God in mammon. And that's what's going on right now in the world. Uh, people's monies are being depleted 
And for the first time, a lot of people are having to learn what it's going to be like not to have what they used to have. And I, I know in my walk, how the Lord took me, it was, it was hard to start totally putting your trust and faith in God when you couldn't see how it was going to happen. But that's your faith in operation. And it's through that faith that things happen. And um, with this pandemic and people not being able to work, God is dealing with mammon. He's dealing with money right now throughout the world. Uh, I saw so much idols being built, towers being built. Uh, you name it. The, the money was going to the wrong places. Uh, I am all for rich people, and I'm all for poor people. And I'm all for you to surrender your cares to the Lord and let him give you the true riches, which is only seeking God seeking him and seeking his kingdom and living in that place to walk with him. Trust in him when you, when you have lack in your life. <clears throat> you must make a decision in, in Matthew 6:33. It says, To seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Whatever things you're in need of, he is, because he is the great I am. He says that I am your doctor. I am your attorney. I am your shelter. I am your provider. I am everything that you're in need of. So seek him first and into this kingdom and seek the King Jesus. Seek the person, King Jesus, and know that he's listening. And, and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what you need to know and what you need to see. And he will give it to you. Jesus said in John 3, 3, he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And so if people can't see the kingdom of God, maybe they're not born again. And there's a lot of people even in churches that aren't born again. And I thought I was until I got born again. <laughs> and I was 50-something years old. <laughs> and that's when I really found out I really wasn't born again. <laughs> oh, I was saved years before. <laughs> but I found out what born again really is and that's when you're totally transformed with the renewing of your mind <laughs> and you come out different than you were, ever were before he says in uh, John 3 5 most assuredly I say to you unless one is born of the water and the spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of God and uh, that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit People who can't understand you because you've got the Holy Ghost, um, they can't understand because they don't have the Spirit to reveal to them yet. And you must pray for them that they be filled. Um, it says in John three twenty seven, a man cannot, uh, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. And we can't, we can't buy the Holy Ghost. we got to get it from God. We can't get anything unless it's from heaven. Um, I wrote this down. Remember when your spirit is born again, your body is not born again yet. And neither is your soul. You must renew your mind. You must get in the Word of God. If you don't get in the Word of God, you're going to lose out on a lot um, in repentance, we've got to remember to uh, 
John the Baptist came and he said, For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When you go to talk to pray for somebody or a lost person, uh, know right then the kingdom of God is within you right then. And one of the first things the Holy Spirit's going to do is to convict that person of whatever it is that is wrong with them. And we don't need to beat them up, but we need to love them and remind them, would you give me the privilege of praying for you? Would you give me the privilege of telling you about Jesus? That's walking in the kingdom. Letting people know there's, there's another life. And help them repent. Holy Spirit's going to come over them. Holy Spirit's going to take them and change their hearts. I've seen him do it in the prisons with the years I was in there ministering on Sundays. I saw so many inmates. <laughs> Crocodiles here is what I called them. And they were just flowing down their faces because God was on the move. And um, we've got to remind them to renounce and turn away from that sinful life. You know, God will use anybody to help you along the way. He used somebody in my life who said something awful to me. Awful. But it was true. <laughs> and it woke me up. The truth will set you free. <laughs> so whatever it is, You've got to remember, you've got to turn and renounce and turn from the sinful lifestyle that whatever you've gotten into and submit and be teachable to the Holy Spirit. Allow Him to teach you and continually be obedient to the Holy Spirit. So walking in the kingdom, He can, he can mold and make you and shape you into what He has for you to do. And we all have an assignment. Uh, remember the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If, if you don't have all of that, you're missing something. Get it. <laughs> get along with the Lord and ask him to refill you. Refill you, recharge you, and, and get you going again. Jesus, uh, he wants, he's, well, this is a duplication. The <laughs> kingdom of God is within you, both spiritually and otherwise. And... Uh, and he who receives Jesus as Lord and Savior, that is, that is a key. It, some people have never put God as the Lord and Savior of their life, Jesus. They think of Jesus in one way, and, but not as Lord. Lord means he's going to make all provision for you. Lord is like your landlord that you're leasing from. He's going to have to do all the repairs and everything to help you, Right? He owns everything. Your landlord does, not you. Well, Jesus owns you and me, and hopefully we're all going to be there one day in the high and mighty, and we're going to be praising God together up there, and I look forward to that day. But to receive him, the king, is to receive the kingly rule that he's given you as authority in this earth. And that's so that you'll kingly rule your life and your affairs and live and serve and love others. God wants you kingly ruling your homes, your schools, your churches, your um, cities, states, nation, nation. He wants you to kingly rule. He wants you to take that authority. In Isaiah 61, 
1 through 3 or Luke 4:18, both are the same. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel, the good news, the way to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and those who are in bondage. And that bondage is both in human form and spiritually both. There's a lot of people in bondage that need to be set free. And they got strongholds that just are keeping them held in captivity. And you need to break that off so you can walk in your, in your heavenly kingdom realm that God wants you to walk in. He gives the sight to the blind. And that we always take as the eyes to be able to see. But also it's the blind uh, in the spirit. A lot of people are blind in their spirit, but they've got eyes to see. <laughs> they can read the scripture, but they need the spirit <laughs> to have the sight that's inside. And to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And uh, oppression is a big problem. Um, when I saw to preach the gospel, and I thought the good news, the way, the way. There is a way that Jesus talked about in the Bible, and the way was the name of Christians before we were become Christians by name. And the way is to walk in the kingdom of God. So let's go his way and walk in the kingdom realm, not just the natural, and start seeing yourself with that power and that authority that God has given you. Remember Paul, who was first Saul, he earnestly believed that he was doing the right thing. He really did. He thought persecuting the Christians was the right thing to do because he believed that. What are we believing that really <laughs> uh, you think is the right thing, but maybe you're losing out on some of the benefits that God has given you as a child of God? He's given you a lot of benefits that you're not taking, a lot of benefits. And, you know, sometimes I get in this um, predicament of talking with people and and then I, I have to stop and say, I don't have to prove that I believe God. I just walk in it. And so I'm hoping that anyone who thinks that um, a person who's walking in their kingly realm is not persecuted, but you will be. <laughs> because they'll, they'll think that you're prideful or they'll think that you're arrogant or they'll think this or think that. Well, let them think it. i got a zeal for the Lord that I am not going to turn off. <laughs> and I'm going to keep that zeal going from now to the time I go to heaven. And so I don't have to prove to anyone that I believe God. And I have family members that I go this all the time. I want to say something so bad, but I have to keep my mouth shut. Because the mouth will get me in trouble every time. And so when I got this the other day, I said, oh, this will fit right in with that. <laughs> The Lord said, be silent and don't speak unless you have something to communicate into the earth realm for God. Is that not good? That is a good word. Be silent and don't speak. So I had to, mm, <laughs> don't speak unless I got something to communicate for God. And so I have to stop and think, oh, do I have anything to say or do I just want to mouth off? <laughs> we have to be careful. Walking in the kingdom, they're expecting a difference in us. And I praise God for that because I want to be different. I want to be different. Is this correct? Okay. I have no idea what time it was. Uh, 
<clears throat> there's persecution coming. And the Bible warns us of that. It talks about that in Matthew 16. Uh, and I'm especially going here to verse 12 where it says, Beware of the leaven. It does not mean in the bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. False doctrine. Religious leaders. The Pharisees were a strong commitment to the law, interpreted by the traditions of the elders, strong rituals and legalistic. The Sadducees came from leading social families and were rationalists and materialists. They rejected the traditions of the elders and denied the supernatural, including the possibility of bodily resurrection. Both groups are best known for their mutual hostility. Ooh, do we see that today? No names. <laughs> the Pharisees and the Sadducees seek a sign, but they cannot discern the signs of the times. And um, in Colossians um, 2, verse 8, it says, Beware of the philosophies and empty deceit according to the traditions of men not according to the to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all powers and principalities. Remember who you are, that you can walk, because you are complete in him, not in yourself, but in him. And because we are complete in him, my confidence is always in him and not in myself. I, I never am confident in myself, but I do cry out to the Lord to help me constantly because he's the only thing that I depend on. And um, in John fourteen twenty, it says, The indwelling of the Father and the Son uh, at the day that you will know that I am in the Father and, and you and me and I in you. And I'm going to paraphrase here in verse 21. He who loves me and will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. And in verse 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him. And he will come to him and make our home with him. And I believe that the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is one reason why I feel confident in him enough to be able to walk in the kingdom of God without wavering. If he tells me to do something, I, I don't second guess it. I just do it. And I know that he's going to show up and he's going to take me out of anything I get myself into that I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> because he's always got a way of escape. And he's always got a path. I heard a teaching on that yesterday and I said, boy, I love to add that, but I can't add nothing else to this message. It's got so much already. Uh, don't walk in disbelief, but stand believing Stand believing in the power of the Lord. And if his word tells you that you can do something, just do it. And the more you do it and the more you step out in faith, the more you believe, uh, the more you're going to see the things turn around that you've always wondered about. And the things that you've been asking for, maybe you are not believing for it anymore. Um, I don't know why I said that. Wow. <laughs> but maybe you're not. Can you believe me or are you looking for an answer? The word is the answer. 
The word is the only answer. The word of God. Look to Jesus and put more focus on Jesus than others. If we keep our eyes looking at the situation here or with someone or whatever it is, instead of looking to him all the time, we're going to get caught up in this realm and not that realm. And I will sit in my home for hours. And there's, there's times where I've got worship going, but there's times I'm sitting there in stillness and quietness, just waiting to hear something from God. Just waiting. And I said, God, I need to hear from you today. I need something. Do I get it every day? No. <laughs> Do I get it as much as I want? No. <laughs> I love to get it a lot. But, um, but he's always got the answer. He says, look, look to Jesus. Put more focus on, in him than on others. And repent for unbelief and, uh, and disbelief. Because disbelief... <clears throat> will keep you from walking in the life that God really has planned for you. And he's got a path for you. You know, it says in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to give you a future and a hope. And, you know, some people don't have any hope anymore. And that's a shame because uh, they should. Because I hope you're hoping that Jesus is coming back soon. But, you know, it could be another 25 years. If it's another 25 years, are you going to give up hope today? Oh, my gosh, there's a lot to do the next 25 years. I'm saying 25 years because I've always known I'm going to live to be 100. And since I'm going to be 75 this year, I said, I know I've got 25 more years. <laughs> so i got a plan for the next 25 without, without running out of steam. <laughs> he must increase, but I must decrease. Always remember, put the Lord higher above you. Always. And whatever he asks you to do, do it. Just like Mary. You know, she didn't, she didn't know how things were going to happen, but she did. She said, be it unto me, Lord. <laughs> and I said, oh, God, <laughs> I'm glad that wasn't me. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, I have I have so much I can't even stop. Uh, on on Sunday a while back I gave a, a word on love, and I felt like I was supposed to put it in here tonight. And he said, "Give yourself the gift of <clears throat> of love. Give yourself the gift of being forgiven. Take the free gift. Give the free gift. Let yourself live." If you don't do this, you can't walk in this kingdom realm because you're being bottlenecked by something that's keeping you pressed down. And when you take the gift of, of forgiveness, uh, you'll receive life again. And God always wanted you to have that. He never wanted you to be bound by anything. And love is also a gift from God. Receive the love. Be filled with love. Walk in love. You were made to love. So love God. Love yourself. Because he created you. And love others. And see your life change in a mighty way. And I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to throw that in there. Because I felt like it needed to be said again. 
And when these words permeate the walls, I feel like they stay here. And words of love and edification and uplifting words of calmness and so forth uh, continue. And the other one is in First Thessalonians 5.16. The word says, rejoice always. And a lot of people say, how can you rejoice always? <laughs> and I said, because he's already provided you with an outcome. So you can always rejoice. Pray without ceasing. Why do you pray without ceasing? To change the outcome. If something's not going the way, you know, God designed it for you to have or to do, you need to pray about it. And maybe you need to pray in tongues to stop the enemy from creating his power over the power of God. You've got a greater. You've got a greater power living in you. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So many people say, how can you thank God in the midst of a crisis and all this stuff, is, this chaos is going on? And I, I say this, because God has already given you a way of escape. He's already promised you all the promises of life and life more abundantly. He's already promised you that he, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He'll always be there. So it says, go further, it says, do not quench the spirit. Why does it say that, don't quench the spirit? Rejoice always so you don't quench the spirit that's in you that wants you to rejoice always knowing he's got you covered. He's going to carry you through this walking in the spirit. He's going to keep you going. So don't ever give up on that. Continue to rejoice. Continue to know that God is with you and and he'll always be there for you. I feel like um, in John three thirty four, for he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, and God does not give the Spirit by measure. The Spirit of the Lord that lives and abides in you is greater than any spirit out there in the world. And I'm hoping that y'all will be forthright in speaking more, sharing God's word more. The world needs people like you and I. The Lord is going to take everything and turn it around in his perfect timing. And I know he's working on it already. I know that there's coming a day when... All of these trials and tribulations that we've been going through are going to be behind us. But until that day, keep the faith. Walk in the Spirit of God. Walk in a place of not looking so much in the natural, but looking in the supernatural realm. Practice every day taking some area of your life and casting it into the hands of Jesus and trusting him. He says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. And he will direct your path. He'll make provision for everything that you, you are in need of. And um, 
I have a word that I got day before yesterday, I believe it was. Sunday, Sunday morning. And he said, my kingdom is where you walk and talk and live in a place of total confidence in me, says the Lord. For you know that you know that which I have revealed to you. Yeah, I'll start over. My kingdom is where you walk and talk and live in a place of total confidence in me, says the Lord. You know that you know that which I have revealed to you through my word. It belongs to you. For I have my ear listening to your every word. For my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than yours. You know my word is truth and you do not doubt or question. But know that which you speak will come to pass. For I dispatch my angels to perform that which you speak. For as I said in my word, those things you speak shall come to pass. You know the power of the tongue and are watchful, that which you speak. For you meditate upon my word and you believe my word. Therefore, your confidence is in me, says the Lord. Many of my children do not believe unless they see first or know how it will happen. Kingdom living is not seen first, except in the Spirit, is walked out by faith, believing. For those who do not believe without seeing, doubt in their heart and minds, and negate my word. That's a word. Father, I thank you, Lord, for tonight. I thank you, Lord, that people put their confidence in you and they walk in this realm, Father God, with you. They, they walk down a path knowing that they're kingdom children and that nothing they do will not be uh, ordered by you. And for them not to fear what they're doing, when you ask them to do something, let them just do it, obeying you, Lord. And, Father, release into them everything they're in need of to complete their journey with the confidence of knowing that you're with them by their side. And, Father, we give you the praise. I ask you to bless them as they go home tonight, Father God. And, Lord, I thank you that every need they have is met. I thank you, Father, that you protect the city as it's going through this storm tonight, Father God, and that, Lord, no no winds or damages will come, Father. And we give you the praise, Lord. We thank you, Father. That you be glorified in everything that is said and done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.